0: We just read from uh, John chapter 17, 20 to 26. And if you look at the whole chapter of John 17, you have the prayer that Jesus prayed right before, uh, right after he washed the disciples' feet, uh, right after he exposed Judas as the betrayer, and it happened right after his disciples, he gave the disciples an assurance that... The Holy Spirit would be with them, that even after he left them, that God was, he was going to take care of them. But many believe that John 17, that prayer that Jesus prays in that chapter is the greatest prayer that's ever recorded in history. In fact, uh, Warren Worsby says this, that he prayed, the prayer that he prayed in John 17, whether he prayed it in the upper room. Or on the way to the garden, this much is sure. It is the greatest prayer ever prayed on earth and the greatest prayer recorded anywhere in Scripture. Now time doesn't permit me to go through the whole prayer verse by verse. But I will give you a little bit of framework. It's broken down into three parts. The first part, Jesus begins to pray for himself. That he would complete what God had given him to do. And it would bring glory to God. And so he begins with praise and worship to God. But he's also saying, Lord, I want to be, I want, Father, I want to fulfill what you've called me to do. And then he goes on to this next section in prayer. And he begins to pray for the, uh, the disciples, his disciples that are there in the upper room. And he prays that they would fulfill what God has called them to do. He prays that they would find a relationship with God that meets their deepest need for love, acceptance, significance, and assurance. He wanted them to know that even after he left, they still belong to the Father. They were still a part of what God had wanted them to do. And so, death, he didn't want death, his death, to defeat them. Because he knew he was going to rise again. And then he prays for us. And these verses, verses 20 to 26, are a prayer that Jesus prayed for you and I. And it's it's interesting because it's, it's so wonderful to know that God was actually thinking about us before he went to the cross. That Jesus was thinking about us when he went to the cross. And he was praying for us. And it says here, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for Julia, Eric, Jose, James, David, Adam, Peter, Cy, Frank, all the people of Long Island Alliance Church who believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me and I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as as you have loved me. Do you see what Jesus is doing here? He's interceding for us to know that we're part of God's family. And that we have a heavenly father. He's praying that this is not the end of The ministry, this is not the end of his ministry, but this is just the beginning. And for the disciples, that meant a tremendous, a tremendous truth to them. That this was not going to be the end of all things. This was just going to be the beginning. And it was actually going to be the greatest thing that they had ever experienced before. And he's praying that there be unity. He's praying that they would have a sense of unity and that we would have a sense of unity as a church that we belong not only to God, but that we belong to one another. And because we belong to one another, we care for one another. We intercede for one another. We support one another. And so this was not some type of individual prayer just for you or just for me. It was for us. And so Jesus is including His church here. He's including you and I. Now you think about when Jesus prayed how his prayers were answered. Whether he was praying to feed 5,000 people, it got answered. Whether he was saying to calm the sea, it was calm. Whether he was raising somebody from the dead, he prayed and they rose from the dead. When he brought transformation into a person's life, it happened. Every prayer that Jesus prayed was answered. And this prayer as well, ...is being answered today. Jesus is interceding for you and I... ...to have a breakthrough into a deeper relationship with Him... ...than we have right now. And this is what He was praying for His disciples... ...and then He's also praying this for you and I. And if Jesus is praying this for you and I... ...we know that it's possible... ...and it's going to be answered. Do you know He was praying... Jesus was always interceding for his disciples, and the Bible says he still does that today. Some people think that Jesus is up in heaven, he's sitting on a throne, and he's just looking down on us. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he ascended to the right hand of the throne of God and is always living to intercede for us. That means he's praying for you. He's praying for you and I today to understand in a more deeper way his will, his love, his care. He wants us to understand that. Do you remember when Simon Peter was saying, Lord, I'll do anything for you. I'll even die for you. And he said, you're going to deny me even before the rooster crows. And then he said, but Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you like wheat, but I've prayed for you, Simon. After you return, strengthen your brothers. So Jesus was interceding. He knew what they were going to go through. He knew that uh, Peter was going to struggle even after the betrayal, even after he betrayed Jesus, denied him three times. But God was going to bring him back. You know, what would you do if you were in your last day on earth, who would you be praying for? I don't know. I was thinking about that. I would probably be praying for myself. <laughs> you know, I'd probably be a little bit, you know, concerned about what's going to happen, but maybe I'd pray for my family. But Jesus, He does even more than that, He prays for those that are going to betray Him. He prays for those that are going to desert him. He prays for his disciples right there. And he prays for the entire world. And he prays for all of us that are going to believe in Jesus from that message, from, from their message. That's an amazing prayer. That's amazing faith. It's amazing vision that Jesus had you in mind and me in mind when he was praying on his last few days on earth. And you know, one of the things that he's praying, he's praying that we are not, we would not consider ourselves orphans or fatherless or without relationship with God. And I find that people that don't have any relationship with God feel lost. There's a certain sense that if there's all that there is to life is this here on earth, it's not enough. And Jesus understood that. And he's praying that we would not have an orphan spirit, that we would not feel like we're abandoned by God, that we're forgotten by God. He wanted us to understand he was with us, he was blessing us, he was going to provide for us, he was going to love us deeply. You know, this uh, yesterday we had the Holy Spirit Day Retreat. And one of the things that we were asking for God to do is to manifest his presence to us, and he did. And it was wonderful, just like we sang, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. I've sensed the presence of God. I know, uh, Maria, I know you sensed the presence of the Lord here. And, and I know all of you did, many of you did. And you sense God's presence when we gather together in worship and come before the Lord and we ask him, Lord, would you show us? Would you help us to understand how much you love us? He'll do that. Why will he do that? Because God always, the Lord Jesus' prayers always are answered. You can count on it, that he will show up, that he will speak into our lives. This is why he came. Because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews... It talks about Jesus' priestly ministry. John 17 is a priestly prayer. Jesus is interceding. The priest is somebody that mediates between us and God. And Jesus is the only mediator that there is between us and God. The Bible says that. He's the only one that can do it. But in, in, uh, in Hebrews, it says this. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Jesus became human. God became both God and man in Jesus Christ. And then he identified with us. He went through all the temptations, all the things that we face. And then it says this, "...since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity..." So that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. See, Jesus understood something. When he's praying for his disciples and he's um, ready to go to the cross, he prays this beautiful prayer. And he's interceding for them. And I have to believe he's doing it on purpose to let them to see, how do you handle death? How do you handle the prospect that we're all at one time going to die? How do you face that reality? Do you face it in fear? Do you face it in trepidation and just feeling like, oh... I don't even want to think about it. But the Bible says that Jesus actually faced it, actually conquered death, defeated Satan and said that we could be free of the fear of death if we understand how much He loves us and what He's done for us. When I think about Christ praying for us, He knows that His prayer is answered because He's about to make the covenant that will last forever with his own blood. He's about to make the promise a reality that we could be forgiven. And he's going to do that with his own blood. He's going to offer up a sacrifice. And the sacrifice isn't a lamb. It's not a goat. It's not a bull. It's his very own being. He's going to sacrifice himself. I think one of the most profound movie scenes that you have of Jesus being alone in the garden, he goes from this prayer to another prayer. It's a very short prayer, but it's probably the hardest prayer, the most difficult prayer to pray, and I believe he does it so that we can do it as well. He tasted death for us so that we could have an assurance that we don't have to live in the fear of death. See, Jesus was an overcomer. We're going to see this uh, video, just it's a short clip from the Passion, but it talks about Uh, It speaks of that time in Luke chapter 22 when Jesus is with his disciples and they are um, in the Garden of Gethsemane and right before he's arrested. One of the hardest things for Christ to do was to be willing to lay down his life for us. It wasn't only the death, it was becoming sin. The one who knew no sin had to become sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ so that he could take upon himself the sin, so that he could become the sin offering. And so the Bible says that Jesus withdrew about a stone's throw beyond his three disciples, Peter, James, and John, and then he knelt down and he prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. You see, Jesus faced the temptation of not going to the cross, Of not doing the will of God. And not completing the work that He he was given. But the Bible says that He surrendered all of that. And He said, not my will, but Yours, Lord. Yours be done. See, in John chapter 17, Jesus had already prayed, Father, I want those... Now, one of the things that Jesus does is He makes His love and His presence known to us so that we can face the battle of temptation, so that we can face the the will of God for our lives and say yes to Jesus. That's one of the things that He wants us to do is say yes to His will. The more we understand of the will of God in our life, the more we understand that God loves us and because of this, we can then love and forgive others. Our district superintendent, Calvin Walker, describes the churches of the alliance like this. He says, We're a spirit-filled, renewal-seeking, Bible-teaching, healing-believing, gospel-proclaiming, risk-takers who learn from our founder that his people... That people who advance the kingdom are present dwellers who say yes to Jesus with uncompromised obedience. Even if they're called to walk away, they've never been before. Even if we're called to walk in a way we've never been before, before, we can say yes to Jesus. And that's what He wants us to do. What is so amazing is that Jesus never stopped loving and praying for us. Let's look at this verse in Romans. It says this, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Now, we understand when Jesus was battling in the garden, who was right there accusing him, trying to get him to give up? It was Satan, right? In the similar way, we have a spiritual battle in our lives. The Bible says Satan is the accuser of the brethren, but Jesus is the one who forgives us. And so Jesus actually intercedes for us because we are forgiven. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24 and 25 says, But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus is praying for you. He's praying for you in your battle, whether it be in temptation, being in a battle of giving up, being in a battle of uh, excited to do the will of God and to obey him. He's praying for you that you will do what He has called you to do. First Timothy 2, 4 and 5 says this, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself as a ransom for all people. So do you see this? Jesus is interceding for us today. That we would have an assurance, free from condemnation and shame, that we could echo His prayer. Lord, not my will, but Your will be done In this situation that I'm in right now. Not my will. But your will be done. See our souls have this deepest need for acceptance. For a sense of security. For a a sense of purpose for living. Jesus knows that. He knows that we need that. You know there's a. Talking about facing death. There's a movie called, I don't know if you saw it, in 2013, was the movie Gravity. It was with Sandra Bullock in it. She's a NASA scientist stranded in space, and she doesn't know how she will survive. She's talking on the radio with somebody who does not speak English, and she's just having this conversation. And what I found about it was it's very interesting because uh, this scientist has never prayed before. So let's take a look at this. She says, nobody ever taught me how to pray. Would anybody pray for me? Nobody ever taught me how to pray. Here she's running out of oxygen. She's about to die. And the only word she says is, would anybody pray for me? I don't know how to pray. Nobody ever taught me how to pray. One of the greatest ministries Jesus ever did on earth was to teach his disciples how to pray. And when we look at what Jesus taught us about how to pray, it connects us to the presence of God and the power of God in our lives. So that we can face even death with a sense that God has a purpose and a plan for us right on into eternity. I don't know how anybody can live without understanding that, but there's so many people that live that way that don't have any understanding that Jesus actually died for them and that actually Jesus is interceding for them even today to come to know him. And one of the things that we can do as believers is begin to intercede for others that they would come to know Him. Do we care enough to intercede for somebody that doesn't know how to pray, isn't seeking God, needs to know Him? And we all know people. We all know people like that. And do we care enough to do that? Because Jesus cares enough to intercede for us. And I believe he's calling us to pray. He's calling us to intercede. He's calling us to obey him in the things that may be in a place that we've never gone before, but he wants to bring us there. And he's going to use us in his purpose and plan. What are some action steps as Jesus intercedes for us? First of all, thank the Lord Jesus that he has prayed for us. Thank Him that He sent the promised Holy Spirit to us. And thank Him that He's still interceding for you today. You are not alone. There is somebody praying for you. It's the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. I encourage you this week to look through John chapter 17 and to read the entire prayer. Put yourself in there like I did in the beginning of this passage here. I not only pray for them, but I pray for Al, or I pray for Tim, or I pray for Peter, I pray for Alice, I pray for Linda. Put yourself there. When Jesus prays, he prays effectively for his disciples to have a close relationship with him. And God will always answer that prayer as you surrender to him and say, Lord, I want to purge myself from other things so that I can know you better and follow after you. The second thing is study the Lord's Prayer, John 17, personalize it. And then the third thing is esteem and value the family of God, which is the church. Participate, cultivate its health by sacrificially loving one another, praying for one another, and unitedly working together in the power of the Holy Spirit to spread the message of the gospel to others. That is what Jesus was praying, that the church that we as a church would be unified in such a way both young people and older people people from different backgrounds would be so unified that they would work together to bring the gospel message to others or to pray for others to intercede others and it would have a tremendous impact on the world and we see that happening in the world but i would love to see it happen more and more in our lives right wouldn't you let's pray Let's pray and ask the Lord for that. Father God, we come before you right now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that you, Lord Jesus, are interceding for us. And Lord, you're wanting us to discover your will, your purpose, your plan. And also to be a part of that. Lord, it's not so much Uh, so much of what we do, but Lord, you're asking us to become your children that are in right relationship with you, being led by your Holy Spirit and living a life that makes transformation in our own lives and transformation in others. So help us to be those people, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.